gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. Just before you sit down, why don't you lift our hands as our brother encourages us the other time? Not just to worship him this time, but to receive from him. Let those hands be the hands lifted in surrender. And say, from now on, Lord, take my hand and lead me on. Lead me to that place of new beginning. Through this afternoon's message, change my life. Do something special. I want you to ask for yourself. Uh, we have prayed before now, but also important that you, that you will receive of the Lord, you will ask him for yourself. I will also ask you to ask something special from the Lord. The Lord is in this house and he's about to do something special and awesome in your life. Just for another 30 seconds or so, just ask him and say, Lord, I surrender to you. And I'm sure he will meet with you. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we are totally and completely yielded to you. And that's why we give you the free reign in our lives today. And we're standing on behalf of our families. We're standing on behalf of our cities. We're standing behind, on behalf of our nations. And we pray, Father Lord, that truly and indeed you will have your way in our lives, in our families, in our nations, O oh God. Let the rule of evil and dysfunction cease right now. And let there be a new beginning indeed in the name of the Lord Jesus. This small number of people in this little room, Lord, we know you can fix your gaze upon this place. And through the answer to our prayers, you can affect nations. You can affect cities. You can affect lives. Those that seem to have no hope. But as we have called on you, Lord, and as we listen to your word this morning, let there be an outflow of your power. And a release into a new beginning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Begin with us, Lord. Do something special. We do not just want to have another good service. We do not just want to have another nice gathering. We want a definite change. We want a definite manifestation. And so, Lord, all our eyes are upon you as the eyes of the servants are upon their masters. And as the eyes of the maids are upon their mistress. Oh, Lord, we will look unto you until you hear us. And because we promise that they that seek me, they shall find me. And so, truly, we know we will find you. And our stories shall never remain the same. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. If you believe the Lord will do something mighty in your life, say a mighty amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, I will never remain the same. I hope you mean it. Tell another neighbor and say it convincingly, I will never. And you will know. If you've done that and do it very well, you can sit down. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. We are all welcome once again in Jesus' name. And we still continue on our theme of the new beginning. Amen. And um, so we first quickly look at our text from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verses 18 
and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Somebody say rivers in the desert. In Isaiah chapter 62 verse 2, we read that as well just to keep at the back of our mind. Isaiah chapter 62 verse 2. It says, the Gentiles shall see your righteousness. Oh, only three people are believing that with me. I say, the Gentiles shall see your righteousness. And all kings, your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. Hallelujah. I just share with you on a, you know, on a topic that I call a clear purpose for a new beginning. A clear purpose for a new beginning. My tomorrow says something, and very profound. He said, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. You heard of that before? When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And that's true. Um, purpose is that answer that we get to why. And unless you know how to ask why, one may just coast through life and miss out on what the Lord has got for the person. And I, I can assure you that many have underachieved in life or they have experienced non-achievement simply because of lack of purpose. Uh, they just coast it through. Um, for instance, what everyone will take out of this service this morning will depend on the answer that you gave to the question, why am I here? Uh, some, the answer will be, well, to socialize, just to see people. Some might be, well, just that I can be seen. Um, after all, I learned that there are quite a lot of young men and young women here. Who knows? And if that's the purpose, you might just get as much as that. Um, some may be, I just want to meet God, and I want my life transformed. Some say, not just to meet God, to also serve him. And so, it depends on how much you want to get that you will get. And a system or an article or anything whatsoever in life is designed for a particular purpose. Even this month, that the Lord says a month of new beginning, there is a purpose in the heart of God. And usually a thing achieves its very best the closer you are to the original purpose. You know, uh, the further you are from the original purpose, the more difficult it becomes. I've got a few things here I want to show you. And probably that will give you an idea of, um, I've got a knife here. Um, it's a dinner knife. I've got another one here. Some of you will start questioning me in a minute. This is a dessert knife. It's a little bit shorter than the dinner knife, and there's a reason for that. I've got one here. Anybody? That's a steak knife. Very good. I've got another one here. Anybody? That's a cheese knife. Very good. I don't have a butter knife, but this one is close to a butter knife. I also don't have a fish knife. You are wondering. All for food. <laughs> knife is... Uh-huh. And that's the problem. And that's really the problem. The problem is you have been running with knife is... Purpose is purpose. 
anything will do. Just let me get anything. And you, you know what? As I mentioned before, you can do a lot that this thing is not designed for. You can do a lot with it. For instance, I have this little thing here. Let me say, for instance, I want to take something out from behind it. I can use this, as many of you have done before, I can use this as a screwdriver. Have you done that before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not working. Let me try this one. Oh, far from it. What else? Maybe the cheese one we drew is not doing it. But I got a screwdriver here, which is more purpose. It looks like a knife, not quite, but um, and even this screwdriver is struggling. But there's the correct kind of screwdriver that I have. That's a star screwdriver. And there you go. On twist, on twist, on twist, on twist. The difference is that they are all made for different purposes, and it's not just good enough to guess how far you want to go. Many people in life, they have partially fulfilled destiny simply because they have been using what God has given them for a different thing. David was going to have a full destiny because God promised him and he said, in, um, he said, I'll find a man, David. That's in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. He said, I'll find a man, David, a man after my heart, who will fulfill all my purpose. Unfortunately, David did not fulfill all God's purpose. He did not fulfill all God's purpose. Along, somewhere along the line, his hand was so full of blood that God said, you're not going to build that temple for me. And so he fell short. But thank God we have an example of somebody that fulfilled all his purpose, Jesus Christ. First John chapter 3, verse 8. First John chapter 3, verse 8. And you will see that he followed closely every part. First John 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was, and what was the purpose why it was manifested? That, shall we all chorus that together? That, shall we all say that one more time? That, and that was one main purpose of what Jesus Christ did and has led for us. When you go through the scripture one after another, in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says that, you know, uh, how God anointed Acts 10, 30, how God, somebody should be writing the Bible verses down and the other person please doing it. For how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. What was he doing? All who were healing all who were Another place, the Bible says that even when he sent his disciples, that was the number one thing he said unto them. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, he said it very clearly. He said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Isn't it? In my name, what's the first thing they will? They will. That's number one. Lord of first mention. And that's why the issue of dealing with demons and casting out demons for sickness, for oppression, for backwardness is so central. And it's not just something we stumble upon. The church, and in fact, the part of the gimmick of the devil, part of the trick of the devil is to relegate the place of the enemy. Oh, we're not going to worship the devil, but you should know you have a battle to fight. You have a devil to cast out. You have that sickness. May not just, and I'm not saying that, you know, we should just be so proud of, but at the same time, there is a devil lurking somewhere. And the more I go in this work of the ministry, the more I know that you have a devil to contend with. In the same breath, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Luke chapter 9, verse 1. 
Luke chapter 9 verse 1, he pointed out again the centrality. I'm talking about fulfilling purpose. And I just want to make a, a side comment from there. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and what? Authority over number one. Over number one. Do you see that he never deviated from his purpose? Did you see that what God asked him to do, that was what he stuck upon? And that same thing is asking us to focus upon and deal with every opposition of the enemy. But I can promise you, you also can fulfill your destiny. I also can fulfill my destiny. Destiny is actually a promise. Unless you begin to realize that destiny is a word the Lord gives us as a promise. As he said, this is the month of new beginning. It's a promise. And behind every promise, there's a purpose. And so, what is the purpose of this new beginning? If the Lord says that we're going to have a new beginning this month, what is the purpose? It might deviate a little bit from what you think it is. I cannot exhaust it, but I'll give you five main areas which I believe is a purpose for this new beginning. And in faith, you begin to trust in God and believe it. Number one is to move you from pain to peace. To move you from pain to peace. In, in, in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20, there was a story of a man there who was demon-possessed. Right unto, I mean, it was an example of demon possession. He said that how many thousands of demons were living in him? Eh? Six. A legion. Six thousand of them. They were living in this man. And the Bible said those six thousand, they were enough to fill a herd of swine and the swine said, we can't tolerate them. They ran away. One man carried it. He was in pain. And this man, one thing that was clear about this man, listen carefully about this man, of every other thing that was his problem, was that he had a self-destructive behavior. The Bible said he would pick the stone and would be tearing himself. They would chain him so that he could not hurt himself. The man kept on hurting himself. Many people... Their greatest problem is that there is a demon. It might not be by possession, it can be by oppression. A demon of self-destruction. When you are just about to do the right thing, one will be moved to say what he ought not to say, and every hope is broken. When you are just about to step into where you ought to step into, you just find yourself being involved in one gossip that, you are, that does not even matter unto you. And before you know it, you can connect it and say, this thing has not worked out. Because like in Numbers chapter 12, and I said, and Aaron and, and Miriam, they were gossiping behind Moses, and the Lord heard it. I've got a few cases like that all over that we deal with from time to time. It's a matter of just your mouth causing self-destruction. And it takes God to chase those demons away. You, that's not you. The demon just come and suggest, create a scenario in which you just overstep your bounds. And so you keep wondering, why is it? Why is it that when I'm so close, I just miss it by me? Well, somebody's suggesting something. And I mentioned that maybe on Wednesday, one of these times. Most of the challenges we are facing, unless you are sensitive, you are under suggestion by demonic spirit to do and say things you don't want to do. And it is in your own place and your own decision to make sure that so one of the purposes why God wants us to start a new beginning so that the way you used to do it when you were in primary school, it's only when you spoke in class that the teacher decided to mark the register or decided to say, who was making noise here? Some of you have been like that before. Everybody will be making noise. It's the very day you decided to make a little bit of noise that the teacher will say, I'm going to punish everybody. And that has trailed you through life. Everybody does it, they get away. You, don't, you do it and you don't get away. And God is saying that's going to be a new beginning. Self-destructive behavior. As this man had, will stop. It will stop. It will stop. 
And we take openness for yourself to be able to be introspective enough to know that I am where I am because of self-destructive behavior. Not because I wanted to, but that's the power that was behind it and making life uncomfortable for me. But you know, with all that said, on that point number one, that is not the ultimate purpose why God wanted to move us or why God wanted to move this man into his new beginning. That's not the ultimate. The ultimate purpose, and listen carefully, and this is going to totally take you a different direction that you have been hearing week in, week out. The ultimate purpose, why Jesus came into the life of this man, delivered him from demon oppression and possession and all forms of demonic activity, was so that he could tell of Jesus to his immediate vicinity. Did you remember the story? Go back home and read it if you don't know it. The man after has been delivered by Jesus, said, I'm going to follow Jesus, and that's not the purpose why I delivered you. The real purpose I delivered is not so that you can follow me. Just the same thing with you and I. The real purpose I saved is so that you can go and tell your neighbors what God has done in your life. Listen carefully, that is the main reason why God has delivered you and he is going to deliver you and move you to your new beginning. So that you can tell others in your immediate vicinity. Tell them through Twitter. Enough of us achieving partial fulfillment of our destiny. Enough. I'm such at a stage, I'm so concerned about my own life. I said, Lord, if this is all you called me to this city for, if this is all you changed the course of my life for, I'm failing. And I will not. And you know what, brethren? We're in the same boat together. We must go back to exactly what God has called us to do. What does he call you and I to do? It's so that we can make him known. I was going to share this example at the end because this kind of message flows as the Lord leads you. Today, I do to come up here. Let me just share this example. Maybe it might be appropriate at this stage. It's okay. You can stay there or wherever. This is, come here, come here today. You can go down again. Come up again. That's some exercise. That was not part of the script. Now, that's the key I'm giving you. Now, if I ask you, don't put it in your pocket, sir. <laughs> if I ask you that... That's the cure of a car. Take that car and go to Dundee, and I'll give you, let's say, this folder, okay? I put everything inside. I said, when you get to Dundee, in Dundee, go to House of XYZ and give, them, give him this folder. And on your way back, just um, collect a particular message from him for me. Instruction clear? Now, there's no time limit, but I would like you to be back, hopefully, before tomorrow. Sunday afternoon, nice summer afternoon. I've got some extra change on me. The car is fueled, but what I'll do is that I'll give you an extra, I hope, couple hundred pounds. And so, you can take your wife with you, you can take your daughters and your son with you. Don't rush. Sorry I disturbed you on Sunday afternoon. Stop on the way. Have a nice meal. Okay, and then I see you hopefully this evening or later tomorrow morning. Okay, is that instruction clear, church? Come on, be with me. Is that instruction clear? I'm sorry, I need to be very I'm saying something very serious this afternoon. And there today goes. Off you go. And today comes back by later this evening. Sit down, sir. And he said, I've been to Dundee as you sent me. Wow, we had a nice time. We stopped on the way, and um, thank you, thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you. In fact, 
the children they enjoyed the trip. In fact, we, we really enjoyed ourselves. We played and everything. And they, thank you very much. It's a wonderful trip. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. The car handled very well. Take the corners very well. No problem. Beautiful. I said, thank you for thanking me. Sorry, did he give you the message? Ah! Ah, message. Ah! Now, pause for a moment. Is that not all the blessings you've received as the way you treated them? I enjoyed the trip. In fact, the family enjoyed with me. But what about the primary reason why I gave you that car? What about the primary reason why I gave you the other things that will make that right to be okay for you? And I think it's about time we really, really go back to what the Lord has called us to do. I'll give you three. I've got five there. I'll probably give you two or three more. We need to pray. As I mentioned to you, the problem with this is that if today behaved that way, and he came back, and Dickie today gave me my key back, I smiled, I said, whatever. If I were to send somebody on such an errand another time, guess what? What are the percent, what are the probability, probability of me sending him? It's not very high. I probably look around and I say, let me try Sylvester, he can be better. I gave the key to Sylvester. And many a times, we don't have repeat blessing. And listen carefully, as sent by the Spirit of God. We don't have repeat blessing because we have not used the one God has given us the way we ought to. I mean, I was checking my life this morning. And I said, Lord, you know what? You've made so many things possible for me to be able to serve you as I ought to. You gave me peace in my home. Some don't have that. You give me good health. Some don't have that. You gave me enough of material resources to be able to do the basic things of life. Some don't have that. What shall be my excuse? Oh, well, you don't, don't look at me. Look at yourself. And don't just call, let, don't just let's call me brethren, you know, grumbling and murmuring every time. Oh, but more, 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 more. What the Lord has done, there is a final and a primary purpose. Don't settle for the secondary purpose. Amen to that, brethren. And so, as I list the other ones quickly and very quickly for that matter, I'm really, really believing with all my heart that you begin to see the ultimate purpose in everyone. Number two, the number two purpose, why God is giving us a new beginning, is so that we can change from a state of famine to fruitfulness. And I know you are saying amen unto that, and it is. To do what? Change from a state of famine to fruitfulness. In Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11, a very good story was there. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. This man, what was his name again? Uh, Peter, he was fishing, and the rest of the story was that he couldn't catch anything. What is famine, really? Anybody, what is famine? Definition of famine. Famine is a, a situation in which you put in so much effort and you get very little out. Because a farmer that does not plant will not say he's been struck by famine. You only experience famine because you are planted, you expected the rain to fall, and the rain did not fall, and therefore you feel bad. And because many of us, we've gone through famine of life, you've labored, you've gone to school, you've got experience, you've, everything has happened. But for you to get the fruit out of it becomes impossible. Some are sitting down there looking at me, you say, what else can I do in this marriage? You've invested all you had to do. And you are going through a season of famine in your marriage because nothing seems to work. And God is saying that it does not need to be famine all the time. Some of you, you have been health buff since the day you can remember. And yet, health is still not working. That's famine. Some say, what, what should I do? I know people that are very careless with their health. I know a man who are a lot, lot younger than that. I mean, pain my heart. 
You know, it was a teetotaler. He doesn't, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink, nothing whatsoever. Very decent gentleman in society. I think I was just about nine years old by then, and he shocked me, very well known, a little bit close to the family. And from nowhere as it was, we just learned that the man was very ill. He had a bad, you know, cancer of the, of the liver, and before we knew it, he just passed away. As a nine-year-old, I was wondering, because I've always connected, you know, bad behavior to situation, but not always so. A person can be going through famine. Maybe you are questioning God. What then should I do? It's famine. That's what you're going through. You don't know you can. Some of you are wondering. They say, I come to this meeting I came. Do this fasting I did. Do that I did. You know what? It's famine. It's famine. It was not that the man Peter was not trying. He was a master fisherman. And then the man cried and I said, look, master, forget about it. Take boat. Use it. Naturally, I want to pack it up. And Jesus Christ said, you don't need to remain in a state of famine. And he said, your famine can be turned to fruitfulness. It would, the old was famine, the new was fruitfulness. And I'm trusting God, you will move from old to new as well. You will move from old to new in the name of Jesus. Because that's the plan of God for you. You don't need to remain where you are. You don't need to remain where you are. Some, no matter whatever effort you make in trying to know the Lord, you find out that something is always pulling you down. That is famine. But, was there a greater purpose? Was there a primary purpose for why God moved him from famine to fruitfulness? Yes, there was. You could know that. Because later on, I will do what? Make you. And in his own case, the primary instruction was to send him to a nation. Remember the first one? Why God will move us into the new season is so that we can tell those around us. You can use any means that you know. To let them know that God has removed your pain and has brought you to peace. But in the case of famine to fruitfulness, it's so that you can address the nation. Because in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 10 verses 5 and 6, Matthew 10 verses 5 and 6, he said, and he called the twelve and he told them that they should go to the lost sheep. He said, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of when God moves you from famine to fruitfulness, probably sending you to Scotland. Probably sending you to Scotland. He said, yes, thank God for all that people. But as many as come into this nation, including those that are indigenous to this nation, you have a duty to let them know that God can turn famine to fruitfulness. And stories abound of people in which God has made their famine to be turned into fruitfulness. Had examples and contact with many that God has done, whether through various structure programs we are doing, like this Potter's House, a Potter's Hand, or many other, that we have seen the hand of the Lord upon their lives. Oh, how that should become our daily experience. Oh, that we shall have the double joy. Because for every sinner that is saved, there's what? There is joy in heaven. Oh, that we shall go beyond fishes and go to men. We shall go beyond jobs and go to men. Is somebody listening? Is somebody ready to allow God to use him to do what God wants to do? Number three, of all the reasons why God can make a person to move from the old onto the new and have a new beginning this very month of August is so that God can move you from a condition of, of paralyzing Fear into a condition 
of prevailing faith. I repeat myself, so that God can move you from a position of paralyzing fear onto a position of prevailing faith. <laughs> I think in Matthew chapter 26, I think around 65 to 75, Peter betrayed Jesus. The man was so paralyzed. A little girl made him to fear. And you are in this room this morning, you are having fear of death. And this room this morning, you are constantly checking over and over again your child, whether that child is breathing. It is a demon that is bringing paralyzing fear onto you. And that will turn into prevailing faith today. Because this man was so afraid of his life. Yes, his mouth can run. Bless the old man, Peter. Anointed great man of God. And that's why irrespective of your personal weaknesses, God can still use you. That's what I discovered. Peter was the least, least likely person for God to use. He never said it right. He's always, he, but God saw his heart. And if your heart is right with him, I can assure you, don't give up yet. He's still going to use you. And so this man moved from that condition of paralyzing fear into prevailing faith that even by Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, Acts chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says that they that saw him saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated men. The man that was afraid is now bold. So what is God, God telling you? When, they, when, when he makes you that before they announce any retrenchment at all, you are the one. And they know you as Christians, so they know you go for an IVG. But before they announce anything at all, your face has dropped, you are twitching, we are doing everything. And I know it's natural, it's human. But that's not supposed to be where you ought to be. You should be able to stay calm and I say, before the doctor says anything, you, you know, we are totally falling to pieces. I know it's human. But yet, with Christ in you, that ought not to be. Before you got any school report at all about that child, we are all falling to pieces as if there's no God that can change reports. As if there's no God that can change diagnosis. As if there's no God that can change a letter that is proposed for you. Paralyzing fear. In fact, in this season, fear is the greatest killer of our folks. People live in, in terrible fear all the time. But you know what? God says we can move from fear onto faith. So that people can see boldness in you. There are some that have had your testimony before. People were wondering, why were you not moved? Didn't you hear what was said? He said, why should I be moved? I have a God. Do you know that speaks volume more than you preaching to them? But that's the ultimate purpose. It's not just to move you from there. You know the ultimate purpose? So that people can see a changed life. Can see a changed life. And sincerely, I mentioned that to you before. What brought me to Jesus? It's different in this generation. What brought me to Jesus because they are sick? It's okay. Sorry, not in that. What brought some Jesus is because they're looking for a job. That's fine. Some came to Jesus because they're looking for a wife or husband. Perfect. Some came to Jesus because they're looking for children. It's all right. Some came because their business was not working. God, God accommodates that. But for some of us, many years ago, you know what brought us to Jesus? We saw the chain life of those that were born again. I had them together in university. And I just saw this guy, what's wrong with you? Why would I be weekend and I'm not drunk? Are you okay? But something was telling me, these guys, they have power in them that you don't have. Why is it that, you know, we are parting, you are not parting? Are you, what's wrong with you? Why is it that you can hold yourself back? Change life is the greatest publicity for Jesus. And if you have it, flaunt it. Flaunt it, let them know. Let people know. Why is it that, you know, I mentioned to you before, the first time I was in London, and over a weekend, you know, we're, we're breaking for the weekend, and, you know, everybody's had a good weekend, everybody went home. And we came back on Monday. 
I, you know, I was so green, talking of 1993. We came back on Monday, and this guy said, well, I was a week, and everybody was saying, it's okay. And this guy just said, I was stoned bad. He said, I, was, I, I used ecstasy. I mean, where I was coming from, it's such a hush-hush thing that you use drugs. The guy just, and everybody was having a laugh. My mouth just dropped. And that guy was bold to tell everybody that where I was coming from. Oh, I wish I knew what I knew now. Like, just told him what my own weekend was. That, oh, I, well, I never tried drugs, but you know what? I used to have bad rave parties too. Somehow I've not done that anymore. Why? Oh, well, I've got something that makes me happier. Really? You guys, I said, really get high on it. He said, how high? I said, very, very high. He said, well, but how often do you need to take it? I said, once I take it once, believe you me, I stay high for a very long time. You want some? And the person said, no, you are lying. You, you can't be cooked. I'll probably start listening. See, LSD. After 24 hours, you start wearing away. Uh, injured dog. I can't list everything. I said, this one. And just bring suspense until you tell them. You say, I tell you sincerely. I tell you sincerely. And you tell your past history, if you have any. And you just tell your new. And say, here I am. Jesus has made that difference. And believe me, I get high on Jesus. If not, I get high on Jesus. I won't, I won't be standing here. If I, don't, if I don't get high on Jesus, some of the things you put yourself through, wake up, pray, you know, remove yourself from what will contaminate you, you know, discipline yourself, give, honor, so that you are doing as well by the special grace of God. If there's nothing in Christ, I, you, you know, you'll be very stupid to be doing it. And if you're not getting high on Jesus and you're doing those things, stop doing them. Just go and enjoy the world. Most probably, yes, more probably, you are not born again. Because if you really, really are enjoying, if you are following Jesus, you need to enjoy him. And I challenge you today. If you just do it, and it's such a chore, it's such a difficulty. Of course, there will be difficult times because your flesh will be fighting against your spirit. But if it's constantly come to church, oh, again, church. I'm talking about maybe one in a year. You should probably feel that way because you're tired. I was glad when they said unto me. Us going to the house of the Lord. That's a man that is getting high on Jesus. You should be glad. Not beg, beg, beg. Please, please, please. And I'm telling you the way onto abundance. That's the way to abundance. Number four. How many have we mentioned of some of the few that we're going to mention? How many have we mentioned? Number one, pain to ah, pain to peace. Good. And the ultimate purpose is so that because they are all different. People in your vicinity, good. Number two, family to fruitfulness, good, yes. And you can tell the nation, good. Maybe God has sent you to Scotland. Number three, paralyzing fear, two. Okay, and then what is the ultimate purpose for that one? Paralyzing fear to prevailing faith. Amen. So that you can make people know to Jesus. Number four, to change our state of sighing into singing. Exodus chapter 2 verse 23, our state of sighing into singing. And that's where God starts. You always start strangely. God starts like back to front. He will give you the secondary force and expect you to do the primary later. He will give you the starter. He will ask you to do the main thing that he has asked you to do. And you just stop at the starter and that is you cutting your other blessings short. I'm tired of us going around in circles. It's about time that we go all the way. What does it say there, please? In Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. Exodus 2, 23. 
Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned. Oh, Old King James Version says sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. You know what made people to sigh? People sigh when you don't see hope for the future. You see, you look at all the options, and sincerely, as long as there are ways that you can go through it, you keep trying. But immediately, you know why? People say, hmm. They've just thought through all the options, and you could see. Say, hmm. Sometimes, people stay around me, and in the space of five minutes, they've sighed about ten times. Every 30 seconds. Hmm. That tells me at least they've gone through 10 options that they did not find a solution. Mm. Israel sighed. Thank you. They sighed because of the bondage. They probably have tried of escaping. They knew it wouldn't work. They tried of taking up arms against Egypt. They knew it wouldn't work. So they kept sighing. Then one day Moses came, was going to kill you know, was certainly correct between them, kill an Egyptian. And some of them were, and somebody spoiled it for them. He said, is that the way you killed Egyptian yesterday? That hope went. So they kept sighing. Thank God. That sign did not remain forever. By the time they got to Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 to around 21, Exodus 15, 1 to 21, they sang a song. Put 15, verse 1 there for us. Then Moses and the children of Israel did what? They did what? They sighed in chapter 2. In chapter 15, they, you will sing. You will sing. You will sing. Now, singing is not what the choir leads us. Singing is the one you go go on the street and you say, you start whistling and, you know, you start really making a nuisance of yourself. To those that don't know the reason why you are singing. If anybody say, why are you joyous? You say, if you know my reason, you will join me. And I'm talking about spontaneous singing. That smile on your face, not a frown anymore. But, in spite of that, that was not the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose was that because the Bible tells us, as we read on the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, that the people that heard about the deliverance of the children of Israel, they were afraid of their God. So when you move from sighing to singing, God wants you to declare it unto people and let them know there's a God that needs to be feared. There's a God that can release me with a strong hand from bondage. When people ganged up against me, God rose up on my behalf. And so, their purpose is to strike fear in the heart of Satan and all his hosts so that they will know there's a God in Israel. When God delivers you, do you bother to tell people it's God that has done it? Don't you know that makes them to fear? To you, it might look like you are goofy. It might look like, you know, every... We can't just be Sunday, Sunday Christians alone. Our life must be consumed by this. This is what it's called us to do. That is the joy. You are missing. You are missing something. You are missing something. If you don't flow in that realm, number five, finally, is to move you from despair to delight. To move you from despair to delight. Despair is very close to sign. Sign is the audible expression of inner despair. Despair is what kills people. When they bottle it up so much that the next thing was that they sink so deep and they can't come up again. We've tried everything. Just, just say, look, it's not going to work. You don't talk. They don't sigh. They don't see cancer. 
They probably stop coming to church, and when they come to church, everything that they are hearing just goes out like that. Why? Because the heart is despair. But despair can turn into delight. Because the story was told in Acts chapter 27, where the, you know, the, uh, Peter was on the boat, and uh, was on the ship. It was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a notion liner in those days. And there was a storm on it. They were despaired. They, they, they felt so down and out and hopeless and said, nothing is going to happen. We are done for, you know, and all the rest of that, including Paul too. Paul too was in despair. I don't know about you. Um, I was talking yesterday, I think, with my wife, and we were talking about how some people, they love water. You know, your background is that you, you grow up in, in riverine areas, and you, most of the people that grew up in the interland is total opposite. But even if you've grown up in riverine area, believe me, there are some things you see in water that makes you afraid. For me, if you, if you fear one, I fear about 100 times. I can deal with heights. I, do, I climb trees, I climb mountains, but water, Wow. I used to think that, actually, strangely, I'm not going to tell you this. The original, the original, actually, there seems to be something about water in my lineage. The original full aspect of my last name has to do with water. Before they cut that away and then they just look, you know, the last name means lift me up. So it was supposed to, I think they had to do with water things and you know, whether it's a fear of it or what, usually people worship those things that they fear. And that's why you better don't worship God if you don't fear him. You know, some worshipers, they fear the, because the sun will strike them. There are some people that worship devil, you know them? Uh-huh. Because they fear devil so much that they worship the devil. Some, they worship thunder because they know that when thunder shall strike, they, their lives hang on it. So I think that was the, the kind of... But this man, Paul, Despite the fact that he was a good seafarer himself, he traveled many missionary journeys. It was his final journey to Rome that this happened. And he was in despair. What I'm going on about this is this. There are some things that you have handled well in life before. Sometimes we come to a place in our lives and it becomes, this is more than ordinary. You've probably handled a situation of, you know, lack before. You've probably handled a situation of joblessness before. For instance, the current climate outside can easily bring despair. You know the reason why? We've never seen anything like this before. I was talking to a brother this morning, and I said, that's the conclusion. We've never. I'm talking of, it, it's, it's just never. It's never been. And that can bring despair. So that was the situation. Somebody was in that before. His life was threatened. Maybe our lives are not directly threatened yet. And in that despair, one day, that turned to delight. They just found out that they did not die because the Lord told Peter, uh, Paul that night, he said, the angel of the Lord stood by me that we shall all know that. He said, the ship will be lost, but we, we, our life will be retained. Meaning that we may lose things, but we shall recoup as long as we are alive. And so their lives were spared. And you know what? It was glorious. Eventually, they probably brought another ship that eventually took them all the way to Rome that it was going. But before then, they had delight. The they rejoiced that they didn't die. But that was not the ultimate purpose. What was the ultimate purpose? Was to see that on the island of Malta, there will be a revival there. Strangers will come to know Jesus. They were complete strangers. Trouble upon trouble for Peter. And many of us were like, for, for Paul rather, many of us are like that. It is from one trouble unto another. The Lord is bringing an end unto that. But the ultimate purpose is that when strangers hear, they will turn unto the Lord. 
Suddenly many got healed on that island. Suddenly many got turned back unto the Lord. That's why I know that condition is not where you will die. I know it. I know that there will be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. And it's not just what you hear. Sometimes the greatest hindrance to us as believers is that, how do I call it now? We suffer from um, overstimulation. That is if our hearts are not open. You see, you have things over and over and over and over, and you get to a point in which you stop believing them. And that is something you need to deal with. So when I tell you that you will not die in that situation, you will come out, I mean it by the Spirit of the Lord. You will not die in that situation. Yeah. You will not. It might look like it's midnight already, but the Lord says that he can extend the days for you. And anyway, I tell you, a glorious new dawn is coming. And you will step into what the Lord has ordained and planned for you. The ultimate purpose is that through you strangers we come to know the Lord. So what do we do? What do we do, brethren? Haven't had all this. Haven't listed all these. That you know, pain will be turned into into peace. That uh, famine will be turned into fruitfulness. And you need to key yourself into an area. It is fruitless and purposeless hearing the word of God and not identifying where you are. Is there anybody in this room? Don't raise your hand. That you cannot identify which area that you are. That would be serious. I don't know which one is just, ah, say no more, pastor. That is me. But that's why we pray when we started. That you should ask God to speak to you. The word of man means little. It's the word of God that matters. You know the prayer I always pray? We always pray. Lord, let them not take the word of man as the word of. And let them not take the word of God as the word of. So when I'm telling you that the end to your pain is here. Don't take it as the word of man. Take it as the word of God. Because most of the time, that is where the divide is. All these things, where did you find yourself? And definitely it's about time that we take actions and not just come to have a wonderful service today that we will make Jesus known in our vicinity. We will make him known in the nation. You will through our lifestyle change, people will know Jesus. And even total strangers will come unto you when they hear your story and they will turn over unto Jesus. We can't do all this in our strength. And so we will ask the Lord to help us. And I know from the first of all gods that this is going to be an unusual month. To be an unusual month, unusual month in the fruit you will get, unusual month also in the seed you will sow. Uh-huh. Because seed precedes harvest. And so, this is so serious a matter that I have absolutely no desire to do it in the strength of man. And so again, because an unusual month, some of you are worried already, they are smiling. We will pray three days, starting tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, six o'clock. I just want a few people to join me here. I only want people that really, really want to go far. Usually when others have, when a few of us have started moving, others will join us. 
So if you want to be amongst those few, join me here tomorrow. I'm not looking for a number. If the numbers come, oh, how delightful I will be. If we follow a few thumbs up, that would be wonderful. And we do that every day. Those who can choose to add fasting to it, feel free. It's simple. Uh, Daddy Joe used to say fasting doesn't kill. 100% doesn't kill. Uh, sometimes when you start fasting, actually, you start eating angel food. If a man is fasting at 74, uh, please, another three days, if you can, very sure will not kill you. I won't ask for a voice response whether you will join me tomorrow. But I'm expecting a few people here tomorrow. And by the grace of God, we will start. And please, when you are coming, know that we are coming to pray for something different this time. We pray for a very, very high level. Uh, It's not bread and butter. I'm talking of serious high level. The one in which you will never pray for physical blessing anymore. Because you will go for the primary and the secondary will normally follow. Uh That's the one I'm talking about. The one in which God will embarrass you with his blessing that you will be saying is enough. And I can tell you I've known a few people who have experienced that. I know a man in business who has experienced that. I know a man in ministry who has experienced that. I lived at the GUI side. It's only too obvious. But I know another man in ministry. I start with that one. He decided to just say we focus on God and leave every other thing. One day, I don't know what that equates. I, I didn't find time. It just came to my heart. I calculated it for you in Pastor One day... Somebody decided to give him just a little bit of amount of money to say, the Lord asked me to give you this. Small chain, 200 million naira. I think in any currency, that how much is that one, you people that know figures? I think that's, that's not chicken feed. I know a man in business who started his business with just one truck. Along the line, he decided to say he's going to sow his heart onto Jesus and just do Jesus' bidding. He didn't close his truck business. No, you didn't have to. And in the space of time, the man has over 500 trucks. He wasn't chasing business anymore. Business was chasing him. And these blessings shall, shall, shall. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. Let everybody see it and know that I'm not making it up. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, we come back to if before, to the condition. To observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, not yesterday, today. Take it that God is speaking directly to today. That the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings that he was going to list, what? Shall come and... Ah, where will blessing overtake you? Because you are running from blessing. It gets to the point where you say, enough, enough, I'm overwhelmed. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God that he has spoken to you today. None of us will be left behind. Amen. You will be an example for those that are outside of here. Uh, you, don't, you don't need to find an example. I say, ah, that brother, that brother, that sister. They follow what pastor said. Can't see his life now. I wish I did too. Uh-uh. People will see you and they will give thanks unto the Lord. 
I think a good place for us to start is by repenting. Calling on the name of the Lord that he should please forgive us. And if you just, just join me in standing now and just pray. As the Lord has helped me, I believe as best as I, as a human being, can do within the limit of my human capability, I've given you the heart of the Lord. I've given you the counsel of the Lord. And that's what I believe with all my heart. We need to do something extraordinary in a season like this that is unusual. Put in a more succinct manner, you need to do something unusual in a season that you are seeing unusual things. And the Lord will cause a turn around. If you know within your heart that first of all, you have not, you are working with the Lord, but you have not done what God wanted you to do. In the area of fulfilling the primary purpose of blessings, cry unto the Lord now. And just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm confident in the Lord that nobody will hear such a message and will be indifferent. That we all in our hearts will feel smitten. We all in our hearts will feel, you know, convicted and cry unto him who can help and say, Lord, you know what? As I mentioned to you earlier about myself, I, I needed to say, Lord, you, you've created an enabling environment for me to do more than I'm doing. I hope you're in the same boat. If you are, say, Lord, I'm sorry. God has created an enabling environment for you to do more than you are doing. And we have not done it. And so I just want you to say, Lord, please forgive me. I've neglected my neighbors. I've neglected my family members even. I've not given that needed attention to projecting Jesus. It's all been about me, my problem, my issue, my problem, my issue, my circumstance, my situation. And the Lord is saying, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Wicked ways in biblical times is not your own definition of wicked. Wicked ways is any disobedience to the voice of God. Saul was called wicked not because he killed anybody per se. What he did was I just disobeyed. Will you just ask him, Lord, forgive me? Because we don't start from there when we begin to pray tomorrow for power because power will come upon you. You will be resigned to your generation. But you need to first say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I've taken your grace in vain. I've not utilized all that you have blessed me with. I've focused too much on myself rather than focus on you. Let your primary purpose, O Lord, be fulfilled in my life. And then we will go out there. We will make Jesus known. Ask for forgiveness. And why some of us are doing that? If you then know that more than asking for forgiveness for not doing what God wants you to do. And it has to be done. It has to be done. There are no two ways about it. Unless one just wants to, be a, to, to stay in the level of mediocrity. And so I'm asking. Maybe yours is not even that you are not doing that. You even know your personal work with the Lord has suffered. You are not who you ought to be in Christ Jesus. You find your hand in things you ought not to. And you are now wondering, am I even in good stead with the Lord? Am I even in good relationship with the Lord? Come forward to the altar and come and cry unto him there. Quickly come forward. 
you don't know want to make your way right with God. You want him to start something fresh in your life, in your relationship with him. Quickly come forward now. Quickly come forward. Come forward. Come forward. Don't waste time. Keep coming. Keep coming everywhere. Don't let this moment pass you by. You're only accountable unto God, not accountable unto any man. God bless you. God bless you. Just kneel down at the altar and there will be a transformation. As many as are wise enough to utilize that, there will be transformation. There will be transformation. Come forward, come forward. You want God to take you to a deeper level of relationship. You know that you are in a place that you ought not to be. But God of all mercy, we touch you today. Keep coming, God bless you. Keep coming, God bless you. Go to cry out to God yourself. Keep coming, keep coming. I have no time for that this morning. It's no point calling yourself who you are not. He knows you. He knows me. Good. There's place for private repentance. There's place for open repentance. And usually, that's what he says. That's what brings healing. If if he said, if you will confess your sin before one another, as it were, he said, then you will be healed. Now, what he's simply saying is that private one will not suffice. Sometimes it has to be an open one. And it's got nothing to do with your status. It's just got it's only it's just got something to do with how serious you are. It's got something to do with how ready you are for heaven. Keep coming forward, keep coming forward. We want to move to operating at a higher level, the highest level of operation. And what a month that can be, except this month. If you want to join the people of God, because I know the spirit of the living God is here and is brooding over them. Is causing permanent changes in the life of his people. He's transporting them from where they are to where they should be. And the heavens are happy. Thank you, Father. Keep coming forward. Keep coming forward. You will never regret this time. Never. It will be a day you will remember for good. God is faithful. He's faithful. I know him. He's a deliverer of them who will turn unto him. And when you deal with this, that's what he says. That's how we'll be healed. Say, confess your sin one to one another. And then you'll be healed. It is connected. Got a few more moments to do that. The rest of you, if you don't, if you are not in that situation that you need this kind of thing before the Lord, keep praying for your own souls as well. That the Lord will uphold you. That it will not just be a matter of being spectators here. That the Lord will take you to the next level. But as many as want that transformation, revivals start when men are broken. There must be brokenness in the church. It starts from every level. It starts from the topmost level. If the leaders above us are not broken, we won't feel that need to be broken. God has broken them. Brokenness means that, you know, you can't hold together except God holds you together. You want God to break you, come forth now so that he can mend you. Because the other side of brokenness is crushing. That's why he says that the stone, whoever falls on that stone will be broken. But whoever does not willingly fall on that stone, somebody wants to fall on that stone this afternoon, Jesus is the stone. Fall on him this afternoon so that he can break you. He can break that hardness so that the alabaster, you know, case, alabaster flask, you know, can be broken and the fragrance can come. That's a fragrance in you. But the flesh shall be too hard. Brothers and sisters, you are in a good place. Please cry unto the Lord. Over the dean of my voice, just cry unto the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for a glorious day like this. A day of deep work, a deep work. And that's why you begin to see as you are staying in this place of brokenness and the Lord restoring and bringing life into you, you begin to see that miracles will begin to trail you. You begin to see the words of your mouth will be different from what they used to be. You begin to see that your life has taken a new turn.
The rest of you, let nobody be silent in this place. Cry unto the Lord. Don't be a spectator. My own eyes are even closed, to be honest. So it's a time of deep time of intimacy with the Lord. God is looking for a people whose hearts we pant after him. God is looking for a people who we genuinely, not just in the, in the ephemeral, in the superficial manner, in a deep and genuine manner who we seek him. God is looking for people who will not just come and do church. He's looking for people who will follow him in deed and in truth. Oh, and oh, how that power will follow us. Oh, how that blessings will follow us. Oh, how that glory will follow us. Where you are standing, cry unto the Lord. Where you are kneeling, brothers and sisters, and you are falling on your faces, cry unto the Lord. It's not a rush prayer. It's not the one that pastor lays out upon you. It's the one. Why, why do I have to short circuit you? Have the direct touch with your father because he's speaking to some of you right now. He's speaking to some of you right now. Your, his voice will be clear. Hallelujah. Just leave you for a few moments just to pray. And please, let, let everybody cry unto the Lord. Please cry. Cry unto him. Oh, pour your spirit, Lord.
one more time. Holy Spirit, cloud of glory rest in this room right now. Outwit the agency of man. Do mighty work of healing and deliverance. Set your people free. Let your glory fill this house right now. Let your glory fill this house right now. Let yokes be broken in the name of Jesus. Every grip of loss is broken right now. That person, a daughter's relationship, the Lord is setting you free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, by the special mercy of the Lord, that tongue that has robbed you and destroyed you so far, that tongue is being touched by the coal of fire of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Receive liberty now. Receive liberty now. And let the name of the Lord be glorified. We will take one prayer point as our brethren go back to their seat. The hand of the Lord is upon you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. Your life will never remain the same in the name of Jesus. We're going to lift up your voices and pray that God will use you. That God will use me. That God will use us. Did you hear my prayer? Move beyond what we used to pray because it's a new dawn. It's a new dawn. And so we will cry out unto the Lord. Together in unison and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we release ourselves unto you so that you may use us, so that you may use me, so that you may use everyone, oh God. Touch us, Father. Accept us today. And use us for your glory in the name of Jesus. Because very soon we will begin to walk towards that final day where we go to an account before him. And when we give that account, it will find out, have you fulfilled the primary purpose for which the Lord saved you? Have you fulfilled the primary purpose for which the Lord blessed you? That time is just around the corner and there shall be a fulfillment. It's pointless trying to use something else different from what God has ordained it to be. Cry unto the Lord right now and he will fill you and do something wonderful and mighty in your lives in the name of Jesus. Cry unto him, cry unto him and the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you may think or ask, he will do it for us. Thank you everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. How we thank you Father. For those that you love, they are the one that you draw close. And those that you draw close, they are the one that you correct. We have been children under you today. And we know the only thing that follows a father's loving correction is an embrace. 
And so, Lord, embrace us. We have yielded to your correction. Embrace us. Embrace us. And let your name be glorified. We pray, Lord, that between now and next week, we will begin to fly. Those that are crawling, you will begin to fly. You are not ordained to crawl. You are ordained to fly. You are ordained to soar. As in us, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Lord, this week, let the wind of the Holy Spirit be under our wings and make us to soar in the name of the Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. We shall serve you. We shall serve you. We shall not serve riches. We shall not serve anything that is perishable. We shall serve you. And we serve no foreign God or any other man. You are our heart desire. Thank you, Rock of Ages. As we get ready to conclude this afternoon, let your word be etched and inscribed on the tables of our hearts. Build on it as we go. Exceed where we have stopped. Let nobody escape from the grip of your word. And let your name be glorified. Above all, cause us to come back and testify that the word of God works. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Praise the Lord. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.